Welcome to Father Sean's podcast, the most unofficial podcast in the whole wide world. I make my own instrumental introduction without instruments because I'm a man of many skills. I can make music with my mouth sometimes. So anyways, welcome to you. Thanks for tuning in again. Today's topic will be on the gospel message. What the heck are we talking about when we're talking about proclaiming Jesus Christ? Obviously, it's the person, but what the heck about the person? Uh, I think this is a super important topic, and I'm, I'm excited to dive in. Uh, first, I want to just talk about the importance of this. You know, a lot of the times when we're talking about things these days... We're talking about, you know, go out and make disciples. You know, making disciples is a big tagline out there. It's a big thing that we say. And it's an important thing because God told us to do it. He said, go, make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them all that I've commanded you. So it's a big deal. So it's different than his teaching. We note in that as well. Making disciples seems to be before the baptizing and before the teaching. So this is the, we will also call it the initial proclamation, the initial proclamation. And from that statement of making disciples, we we learn that there is the next steps that follow it, the sacramental way of life, uh, which we enter into through baptism, and then also the moral life that we enter into by following his commandments. But the very first part, that making disciples, what the heck is that? Well, it's it's first letting them know what who they're going to be disciples of and why they need to be his disciples, right? I mean, this is the gospel message. This is what we're we're looking for. Uh, just to give it a little different angle now, this is a big theme in scripture. We hear the word gospel eighty four times in the Bible. Eighty four times in the Bible. Oh wait, am I getting? No, that's right. That's right. The other word that's that's essentially the same, except it's the verb form, is evangelize, and that's used 52 times in the Bible. You know, sometimes people will hear evangelization and be like, what? I ain't, I ain't no Protestant. Get that out of my face. Get that out of here. I don't want to hear that. But you know what, my friends? This is what we have inherited. If you want to follow Jesus, you will learn about him in the Bible. And if you read the Bible, you will learn the essential dynamics of being a disciple, and that is evangelization. This is something that Jesus did. He gospelized, you might also put it, um, and that's what our mission is to do as well, to get the gospel of Jesus Christ out there, not just to preach it, but that it find a home, that it is received. The word gospel is the evangelization, it has its root in uh, kind of good news. You know, a messenger would go to a new town, let's say from the Roman Empire, and he would say, good news, good news, guess what? You are all new citizens of the Roman Empire because the Roman army just defeated yours. So I have some wonderful news. Y'all are slaves of Rome. (laughs) Maybe not slaves of Rome. They probably wouldn't put it that way, but they wouldn't be citizens either. So that's kind of a strange dynamic there. They'd be in this middle in-between circumstance. And this would be proclaimed to them as the gospel, as the evangelion. And this is what we're doing as well. We are letting people know that there is a new boss in town. 
that there is a new emperor, a new empire, or a kingdom, as we are more inclined to call it. And a king, the king of kings, is in charge of this. And I proclaim to you that he is inviting you into his kingdom. You might put it like that. That is the gospel message. That is the gospel message. A lot of times, just to throw out another Greek word out there, a lot of times people will talk, call this the kerygma. The kerygma just simply means proclamation. So that's a little bit easier of a definition there. Proclamation, kerygma. It's not used nearly as much as evangelization or gospel. But it, it just is the label that we, we call the gospel message, the proclamation. It's only used eight times in the Bible, and most of those times are from St. Paul. There's two times that Jesus talks about proclamation, but he's actually referring to Jonas in those two occasions. You didn't listen to the sign and preaching of Jonah. Well, that's how he used it. Because what was he preaching then? When Jonah went to Nineveh, he was preaching the proclamation. God is present. God is calling you to follow him. You're not following him. It's time to change your ways, and God will preserve you. Actually, that wasn't part of Jonah's message, but that's what God did. <laughs> that really got Jonah angry. He's like, God, I thought you were just going to destroy them. I thought that was my message, just to tell you that, tell them that you were going to destroy them. But anyways, you got to read the book if you have not already. I imagine most people have because that's one of the best stories in the Bible. So now let's dive in. What is this gospel message? What is the proclamation? And I'm actually, before I'm going to dive into that, just to conclude this, this part on the importance of knowing what it is and the importance of it itself, I'm going to say that Every Christian needs to know this. Every Catholic needs to be able to put into words the gospel message. If you don't, are you really a Christian? <laughs> like, maybe you've never received the initial proclamation of the gospel. You know what? We got to face the facts that a lot of people maybe never have. That somehow we were teaching the gospel and not proclaiming the gospel. That we were pointing to Jesus without inviting them into a relationship with Jesus that we said, make sure you get your sacraments, as opposed to saying, by the way, when you enter into these sacraments, you're getting into the life and death of Christ, every single one of them. That's what happens in the sacraments. And we just kind of forgot that in the church. That's pretty dang embarrassing. Uh, it's, it's really shameful. And in fact, it's having terrible consequences because the church is emptying out. All of its, uh, my generation, they're gone. They're gone, 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 gone. We are losing... Well over 50%, I would say. Um, and that's the saddest thing in the whole wide world. Uh, to lose a soul. To lose a soul. We can't afford to do that. And so, I am doing this podcast today, talking about the importance of this. And I need to say to you all that every child who goes through... Oh, I'll just give an arbitrary grade here. Third grade... They need to be able to put this into words. They need to be able to put this into words. And how much more do the parents and the teachers and the friends and the mentors and the priests and everyone in between need to be able to put this into words? The gospel message. And it's not complicated. Probably a lot of you who are listening already have realized this. You've probably listened to a number of my, my talks already. And it's in there, but it's not laid out straight up. And today, 
today, this is straight up. So after you're done listening, I'm going to ask that you're going to be able to write this or just say this, that you're going to be able to put into words the kerygma, the gospel message, the proclamation of Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm going to, there's different ways of doing this. If you read through the Acts of the Apostle, you're going to learn a lot of different ways because you're going to learn how St. Peter did it when he was preaching to the Jewish people, and you're going to hear how St. Paul did it when he was teaching the Greek people, and it's different. We are going to be doing it different when we're addressing the current people of 2020. So if I remember, I want to mention this at the end. This is now a four-point plan to communicate the gospel message. The first point is creation. The second point is sin. Yeah, we're going to address this directly. Third is Jesus. And then the fourth is the invitation. That's its bare-bones structure. This needs to be fleshed out a lot. And I'm going to flesh it out a bit more. But in reality... This is fleshed out over multiple conversations. Very rarely will we have the opportunity to just say, hey, by the way, can I share with you the whole gospel message of Christianity? And because people are just going to say, I I, I don't know. You know, they're actually probably going to say yes, just to not offend us. (laughs) They might say, how long is this going to take? And you can say, I got this in 30 seconds, baby. I got this. And then you're going to give it to them. But anyways, we're we're typically not going to do that. So this is the fleshed out version a lot more. But again, you're going to have to flesh it out, flush it out in the flesh and blood of the people that you're talking about. And it first needs to be fleshed out in your own life so that you can see the significance of your creation and the image and likeness of God, your sinfulness and how you fell from that and you've chosen to fall from that. Thirdly, your encounter with Jesus and the encounter with his cross that frees you from the sin. And then fourthly, your repentance and entrance into the church and living the life that Christ is is summoning us to. So that was a little bit more of a fleshed out way of putting it. Now I'm going a deeper here. Creation. You were made in the image and likeness of God. God created the world good. It took six days for God to create the world And we're probably, you know, we're definitely not talking about literal days. You know, we Catholics don't believe that. Some weird Christians do. We do not. That's not, God was not writing, this book was not written to be a scientific book. This was written to be a theological book. And so we're looking for the theological truths. At the end of each day, God said that it was good. But at the end of the sixth day, he said that it was very good. And the difference was that he made a creature in his own image and likeness. And that creature is what we call human beings. And you know what? That's you. You are good. And you're not good like the rest of creation. You're better than that. You have an intelligence. You can make choices. You can make free choices. No one's holding you down. And you have a conscience. You have the ability to discern what is good. You're able to appreciate beauty. I mean, this is, this is amazing. You and I are wonderful human beings. Part two, the fall, the sin. And you might, I mean, just every person is different and bringing this home to each person is going to be different. So you might walk through the sin in Adam and Eve. You might walk through kind of personal sin. Uh, I'll kind of hit a little bit of both real quick here. 
So after the creation, Adam and Eve, they were given full reign of the garden. But then there was the one thing that they were not supposed to do. Just don't eat from this one tree. Just don't eat from this one tree. The whole rest of the garden, that was up for grabs. But this one tree, they could not. And what do you think they did? They ate of it in a direct act of disobedience from the command and the will of God. And from that moment, their harmony that they had beforehand with God, their harmony that they had with each other, the harmony that they had with themselves, that interior peace and tranquility that we could have is gone. And it's gone for the rest of us because we find ourselves, and now I'm bridging into personal sin, we inherit kind of our our, our fallen human nature and we find that, you know what? Sometimes I just want to be ornery. Sometimes I want to hurt people. Sometimes I want to make fun of people. Maybe not always, but there are definitely times when I, if I had my way, I would choose not to do my responsibilities. My love for people, for God, for just the good things of life, I find that I don't have those in the proper priorities because I want to look at my cell phone more than I want to make dinner for my kids, go to work in the morning, give my boss a good hard day's work. I don't want to sit down and pray because my phone. <laughs> you could use the same example for food. You could use the same example for work. You'd prefer to be at work than you would prefer to be with God and with your family, whatever it is. And I think that example of priorities, you know, we choose to, to misprioritize things. We choose to love little things before we love our important things. I think that can be a really key bridge to those who do not recognize the relevance of sin and are not familiar with that and whose conscience hasn't been stirred to, to, de, to discern a real break in, in obedience to a certain being. But they at least see the, the break in obedience to just what makes sense. You know, it's, it makes sense to have priorities. And you know what? I choose not to have those priorities. So I think that can be a good bridge to those who don't believe in sin. So there we are. We're, we're wallowing in that sin. We're just stinking it up. You know, we're, we're like pigs in a pigsty. And we can't get out. And life stinks. It's kind of filled with darkness. And, you know, the darker things get, the more lonely we are. The more we find ourselves to be isolated because of our own choices a lot of times, because of other choices as well, other choice, other people's choices, you know what? We just, we just keep on going deeper. We're like, ah, oh, I'm so lonely. I've got no one. I'm, I'm such a, a bum. You know, I'm not important. I'm a loser. Well, we're just going to grab, 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 grab material things, the things of this world, and we're not going to look for what is good what is true and what is beautiful. And we even forget about it sometimes. We forget about it really being accessible to us. Point number three. Now God saw all this happening and he didn't want this to endure. He did not want the status quo to remain the status quo. He wanted to shake things up. And God sent his only son, the eternal son of God into the world to become a man. That's hard to imagine. I don't quite understand it, but I believe that it happened. And this is the Christian proclamation. And he had a name. His name was Jesus. And he grew up like any other human being, totally like other human beings. You know, he had a, he had a mom. 
he played with other kids. You know, he ate food. He learned how to get a job. And he worked as a carpenter. He took over his dad's carpenter shop. This is who he was. But then all of a sudden, he exploded onto the scene. He got baptized. He rushed into the desert for 40 long days as kind of a a pre-mission retreat. And then he came out of there doing all kinds of miracles and preaching and casting out uh, demons, just the spirit of evil. And it was amazing. And people were like, holy cow, you got to be kidding. This is the guy who will save us, who will, who will free us. But he said, peace, 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 peace. Stop talking. I'm not who you think I am. They wouldn't let him talk about him until midway through the gospel, he says, who do you say that I am? Finally, he turns it and he says, you can't talk about me, about me. Who do you say that I am? And they're like, wow, you know what? Seeing all that we did, all that you did, St. Peter stands up and says, you are the Christ, son of the living God. I would not use the word saint in there. And, and I would not use the word gospel in there. I kind of did that a little bit. But those are kind of churchy words. And when we're preaching the initial gospel message, we're not using churchy words. So anyways, uh, Peter steps up and says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus is like, exactly. You're the rock of my church now. You're the rock of the community of disciples. And now he talks about, I'm going to go sin. Excuse me. I'm going to go suffer for sin. I'm going to be scourged. I'm going to be killed. And I'm going to raise up. And Peter says, no way. And then Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Of course I'm going to do this. Don't, don't get in the way between me and my suffering. Because I'm doing this for you. And Jesus took his apostles, he went to Jerusalem, he picked all kinds of fights with the Pharisees and Sadducees in addressing their terrible way of life and their total disregard of God's commands. And they killed him for it. But as he died, he said, this is my body, which will be given up for you. I laid down my life. They do not take it from me. I laid down my life. For sin. He, this was a sacrifice. He laid down his life, it's very clear, so that we would not have to die. He died so we didn't have to die. You're free from sin. You have the opportunity to, to give your sin away because someone else paid the penalty. You could be free of all guilt, of, of any shame. Is that something that you're interested in? Because this is the gift that I'm offering to you. That man rose back from the dead. And he is promising to give you that same resurrected glory in heaven for sure after death. But even here and now, there is a way that you can live that glory. And I want to give that to you. Point number four. But to get to that glory, you're going to have to come to Jesus. The big message that Jesus gave us was repent, believe in the good news. And my friend, you're going to need to repent here. You're going to have to turn turn around from sin and walk towards Jesus. And that's going to be hard. I'm going to walk there with you. I'm going to show you how you do it. I'm going to show you where the community of believers are. I'm going to show you how Jesus' disciples live this life, how they, how they approach these accent, access points of grace and mercy that we call the sacraments. I'm going to show you how you can worship God and have absolute peace and harmony with yourself, with your brothers and sisters in this world, 
and ultimately with God. I'm here for you. Come and walk with me. First, it takes repentance, and then we're going to learn the other things about prayer and being in the church. But you got this. That is the kerygma. That is the gospel message. Creation, sin, Jesus, and then repentance and entering into the church. Again, that's it. You're not going to be able to generally hit all of this in one shebang. You're going to have to slowly unwind this over a bazillion of, of conversations. You know, they're going to ask you questions. You're going to ask them questions. You know, you're going to have to probably ask more decisions. Be like, you ever feel like you get your priorities mixed up? Um, you know, that's hitting on point two there. Do you ever feel like you just just really experience beauty and you're just blown away by beauty? Well, you're getting at point number one there. Uh, or have you ever thought about what Jesus means in regards to sin? That's point number three. Or I'm, I'm going to ask that you, you turn away from your sins and walk with Jesus. I'm going to ask that you give your life over to Jesus. That's point number four. You can see that it takes a while to get to that point number four. We need to be asking this question to people in our pews. Because most people have never been asked that. I was never asked that. I'd ask myself that. <laughs> no one's ever asked me. Sean, have you turned your life over to Christ? Are you giving up everything else so that you can follow him? So that you can be free? So that you can experience the truth? So that you can know what love really means? No one has asked me that. And I wish that they would. And I have tried to ask that of people that I've been able to walk with a little bit closer especially kids who are going into college, I think that's a question we got to be asking every single one of those. You're going into college. Um, would you mind following Jesus? Or can I ask that you will follow Jesus when you go to college? Some of them were didn't want to tell me no. They just didn't answer. But then others said yes. And I said, before you answer, though, before you answer, it will mean that you live a different life. You're not going to be able to drink. You're not going to be able to, to you know, have sex outside of marriage. You're not going to be able to, I say drink, you're not going to be able to drink in excess. And for a freshman, sophomore, junior, until you're 21, drinking at all is excess, except maybe with your family. Um, so I, I let them know the consequences of their, their yes to this question also. Because we got to be addressing that it's not just a one-time act of faith. It is a continual life of discipleship. We're making disciples, and we're leading them to the sacraments uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Holy Spirit. And we're teaching them to obey all that Jesus commanded. This is a lifelong process, but there's got to be a start. There's got to be a start. And for a lot of people, that was their baptism. But for whatever reason, there was a disconnect in actually making them disciples from their infant baptism through their high school graduation. And then, boom, they're out of the house and they're up to whoever else happens to find them. Please, God, someone does find them. The gospel message, the kerygma, evangelization, the initial proclamation, and the ask, the question, the invitation is an essential part of this. My brothers and sisters, thanks for listening. I've got a faithful, I don't know, maybe 25 of y'all out there. You got this. I love y'all very much. I'm committed to doing this. 
so that y'all be great Christians, that y'all be wonderful disciples, that you be evangelizers, that is gospelizers, that you be awesome in your vocation. And I'm not talking about being consecrated. I'm talking about just you being you in wherever you are, in a school, at whatever workplace, in your neighborhood. I am highly invested in you, even though maybe I don't know some of you, but you got this. I know it. I know it. I know it. If you listen to this all the way through, <laughs> I know you're you're awesome. <laughs> it's kind of, is that proud to say? I don't really know. Anyways, God bless you. And I look forward to talking with you soon. I will probably have a few other episodes relating to to sharing the gospel message and to reaching out to our brothers and sisters who need the Lord. Uh, As I have already done with the soul of our mission, the heart of our mission, that interior life that we had in a previous episode. In the future, I'll give you some more points. But for today, this is enough. May God bless you and may your life be filled with fruit. Peace to you, brothers and sisters. Bye.